Welcome to Thaver Sound Swine, the podcast hosted by experts from the swine sector to help you optimize piglet management. Welcome to the uh, podcast of the day. It's called Optimal Bet Management, and I would like to my two distinguished guests to introduce themselves. My name is Thomas Brun. I work at Sigis Danish Pig Research Center. I've been doing trials in sound nutrition and gilt nutrition for close to 10 years. And before that, I worked as a consultant in pig production. My name is Henrik Beck Peterson. I've been working as a consultant for the last almost 20 years, and uh, the last four of them have been in, in SIVA. First, I would like to ask a question for you, Thomas. What is optimal batch management when we're talking about gilts? Yeah, when we talk about gilts and sows, I think the optimal management or batch management is is when you have the the same amount of fairings per week, so you get the same amount of live born approximately per week, and then you're able capable of uh, having the same uh, number of pigs weaned per week. Uh, but that's often a challenge because the fairing rate uh, may vary, and and the, the proportion of sows coming into heat after weaning uh, is, is a challenge also. In my opinion, optimal batch management includes a fairing rate of around 92% or even more. You have to have 92% of the weaned sows. They should be serviced within seven days after weaning. And furthermore, if you use alternatives for heat synchronization, at least 92% of these animals should come in heat within 10 days after alternatives treatment. What is the biggest challenges uh, regarding the 92 the figure 92 for fairing rate and as you mentioned i think if we if we start at the wean sows where i said 92% should be serviced uh, or come into heat is at, uh, within seven days after weaning the difficult thing is if sows are losing too much weight in the fairing section if uh, there is uh, Uh, heat uh, at sows uh, being used as nurse sows that can actually make it difficult to reach 92%. So the feeding management in, in the fairing room should be in focus because that's the way to do good results in the service unit. That's really important in, in my eyes. Uh, furthermore, looking at the gilts, uh, if if you have like only uh, 80% success, success rate with the with the heat synchronization, we should always uh, keep in mind. Who is uh, who is not coming into heat as we planned? Uh, typically, it will be uh, the animals that has not been in heat before the treatment was started. Uh, then the treatment will, with alternatives will help have no effect at all. Uh, furthermore, if they are too lean, uh, that's maybe below 11 millimeters of back fat when you start the treatment. Uh, and furthermore, if they weigh less than about 110 kilos, then there is a higher risk of having no success with the with the synchronization. So that that's a backfed measurement before starting on alternatives. So what what afterwards? In Denmark, we we, we recommend that the gills should have fourteen uh, to fifteen millimeters of backfed at first service. Thirteen uh, millimeters will go, but but if we get these fourteen to fifteen millimeters of backfed, we have gills uh, ready for a long life as a sow with high productivity. Is that a problem today with that backfed, uh, Henrik Beck? Yeah, we see some issues with uh, with low back fat, and uh, and very often when we have to decide is it a problem, we have to look at uh, the results after uh, 
after inseminating. And uh, very often if we see gills without heat after the inseminating or during the inseminating, we have to check on is uh, is the back fat low. And very often we see the, the gills without heat, they have a very low back fat. So it is a, it is a problem. So if you find these, you have this problem and you see these gills with a low back fat, how do you solve it? First of all, you have to look at, is this a general problem in the herd? So if we assume that this is a general problem, we should go back, look at which diets do we use in the growing phase of the gilts. Uh, are we too high in protein? That'll uh, give the, a lot of uh, lean gain on the gilts and, and less back fat gain. So we actually have to decrease the protein and lysine content of the diet in order to get more fat uh, and more back fat stored. Then we also need to look at the feeding level because if we give more feed, uh, we will get a higher uh, storage of back fat. So actually combining these two with a with a lower lysine and protein content and a higher feeding level, you'll get gills that are more ready to uh, heat synchronization. Yeah, and, and the other situation is that if we have a group in the group of gills who is too skinny, we very often have to look at how do we feed them because... When we see skinny gilts, it could be 10-20% of the group who's too skinny. It is very often the way of feeding. So uh, if if we have a situation where it's very difficult for the weakest of the animal to to uh, intake the feed, maybe there's uh, too crowded, maybe there's too little space, uh, maybe the feed are provided in a way where everybody can't be uh, eating at the same time then we very often create these uh, gills who is losers in the system. And uh, and very often we see this in a situation where we have maybe 10 to 20% of the gills are not showing a strong heat after uh, the synchronizing uh, saving. Or it could also be that we see maybe 10 to 20% of the gills having fewer pigs uh, at fairing. What, what else uh, can we do, uh, Thomas? to solve this problem if we have so skinny skinny gilts? I think we have to go back in time uh, to around 100 kilos or something in that uh, area. And then we have to find uh, those that are too lean and handle them with care. So we actually have to take them out of the pens and, and provide them extra feed with a low lysing content. Furthermore, when we start the heat synchronization, we can actually increase the feed allowance uh, at the skinny ones Uh, from uh, starting the treatments and all the way to first service. So that'll be like 23 to 26 days with a high feeding level. Uh, whereas those uh, that's, uh, that, that are having the right uh, back fat uh, measurement, we can actually uh, just flush these from the day we end the, the alternative treatment until first service. And Thomas, when you say flushing, what do you mean uh, exactly? Yeah, typically flushing would be increasing the feed allowance from around uh, 2.8 kilos per day to up around 3.4, 3.5 kilos per day. So that's a, a drastic change in feed. Yeah, and that provide better heat and more eggs. Yeah, because actually what you do is you you, you get the hormones to work uh, more efficiently so the, the egg quality can be uh, improved and the egg uh, number can be improved in the next heat. I'm wondering about how how do you make sure that you have the right number of gills at the right time? 
That's a really good question because actually uh, you don't know the right number of guilds because that might might vary from week to week because it's actually the number of guilds in a batch plus the number of sows in the same batch that's interesting I think. So we have to make sure what is our capacity in the fairing section, how many pins do we have in a, for a week batch, how many of those pins are needed for nurse sows and then when we know the number of sows that should farrow then we actually know how many gills do we need in that batch by looking at the number of weaned sows. So take control of this batch management is to to check up how many gills do you have on the way and how many sows you have already and then to combine this number to the right number of uh, of sows for inseminating and then you uh, in have to we add the number of gilts inseminated and the number of sows inseminated. That's the total of sows and gilts inseminated in a week. Uh, why is that important that that figure is almost the same from week to week? Well, you could say one of the important reasons is if we have a certain number of farrowing pens for the batch, uh, then we want to fill out that uh, only having... Uh, space remaining for the the nurse sows, both of health reasons, because if we have one batch faring together, we have piglets uh, at the same age or close to the same age, so we have the same uh, development of uh, immunology and we have the same uh, preparation of the gut for for weaning. Yeah, and what we typically see is that if if people have 40 pens available for faring sows, and we are instead of 40 sows having 50 sows then we still have to wean the 40 sows at four weeks old but we're still uh, having 50 sows and now we, we still need 10 farrowing pens for the left uh, for the rest of the of the 50 sows and then we have to wean piglets who is one week younger than the four, four weeks old and then in the situation where in the nursery we have to uh, mix Uh, Pictus who's three weeks old and four weeks old, and that's difficult if we have a look on the situation with facing out the zinc oxide. And in that situation where we have Pictus in different age, we also have a different immune status. So in the herds where they have um, a bat- batch farrowing every second week, uh, what would the situation be there? That's interesting, because if you look at the different batch systems, uh, weak batches are... are quite easy to manage because you only have one week between big farrowing days but if you have like two week batch system or three week batch system you actually if you if you're not successful at breeding uh, around 92% of the sows within seven days after weaning and get the, the guilt synchronized to be serviced at the same time then you actually get fairings all over the period So actually what you'd want to do when you have batch system is you want to have a uh, you ha- you want to separate the batches. So if you're not able to synchronize uh, and to get a, an, an even batch distribution, then it then it's not working at all. Then you get piglets that are maybe nine, ten days younger in the same section as the old ones. So that's not good for health or anything. Yeah, and also in a situation here where we have to face up the sink that if we have a very big and variated age in the same unit, it's also very difficult to find the right feet because you have to uh, take care of the youngest and the oldest. And uh, and we know that uh, the gut health is also uh, 
develop um, over age instead of kilos. You're right. Uh, do you see any other benefits when the gills are faring together with the, the sows? Yeah, because the main benefit is uh, normally you will have the gills faring uh, throughout the week or throughout the, f- uh, the the two weeks in a in a two week batch system. The, the major ad- advantage, in in my opinion, is that we have the same or close to same uh, number of lactation days for gills and sows. But but we also have to have in mind that that gills uh, will typically have a lower milk yield. So actually, the piglets would be a bit smaller at weaning. So if they farrow late in a week batch or or a two week batch, then the piglets would be uh, both younger and and a lot uh, lighter at weaning, and that makes our problems even worse when when looking into a sink ban. I think in Denmark we see that uh, the daily growth for one day of lactation is between 250 and 350 gram per piglet. So if we can have the guilt to farrow one, two, three days earlier, then we can raise the, the outcome of the weaning weight with one and a half, a half to, to one kilo, uh, depends on how many days before they will farrow. Yeah, and looking at a two-week batch system, that'll be even more. Yeah, twice. Twice, yes. That was some really good points. Um, have any other thoughts about batch management with the uh, heat synchronization via Altrenogest? Yeah, you could you could have in mind <coughs> that that it is it is important when you look at when are you at work and when are you on on weekend. So actually you can you can by uh, using heat synchronization in the gills, you can plan when are they going to farrow. And if you have the the weaning day fitted for farrowing throughout the week instead of farrowing the weekends, then you can synchronize the gills to fit into that system. Yeah, and that also means that it's it's easier for you if the gills are uh, farming the same days as the sow. It's easier to make the nursery sows, the foster sows, and all the treatment around uh, the first day of after farming. You will be finished with that uh, during the week instead of uh, have this job done in the weekend. So now it's time to uh, wrap up the podcast of the day on heat synchronization, and we. Uh, saw some benefits uh, we can obtain even bed size that fits the number of fairing pens and uh, we can also obtain that the piglets will have the same age at weaning and better fit the type of feet uh, after weaning and we can also obtain that all fairing will happen on the same days in the middle of the week so That's uh, the end of this podcast. And thank you very much, you two guys, Thomas Brun and Henrik Beck, for coming today. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. And don't forget to follow us so you can listen to our next episode.